The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fum, and we are here in the Giants' bye week, meaning it gives us the perfect opportunity to look back at the season thus far and analyze any of the strengths, weaknesses, and then possible solutions to any of those problems uh, that we've been able to take a look at. Giants right now with three wins on the season with the bye week coming for week 10. Certainly not mathematically eliminated from making the wild card, that seventh wild card spot, but it would be a very uphill battle for them to do so. It would take a serious turnaround. However, we, we did see a serious turnaround like that last year after last season's bye. So Anything's possible at this point, which is why we're taking this time to dive in and talk about this team. Chris, starting on a positive note, talking about the strengths, um, it's tough to really pinpoint what has been an offensive strength. So today we're talking all offense. It, it's it's tough to really find what has been the silver lining with this offense because it has not produced very many yards, very many, very much production. Uh, Daniel Jones has been hit a lot, and we're going to get into some of those issues that are related to that. But I think the one redeeming quality that you can pinpoint is is Kadarius Tony. And when he's been healthy and fully available, he's been dealing with something on his thumb, I believe, over the past couple of weeks that has hindered him from being able to get a lot of touches. But when they get him the football, the guy has made some seriously big plays. And it makes me pretty optimistic that Kadarius Tony could be a major threat once he's fully back and maybe in the next few years when he's uh, a more a bigger part of this offense. Yeah, that, I think that's it. He has to be on the field. But when he is on the field, you can see the athleticism. You can see how exciting he can be with the ball in his hands, uh, at least as a ball carrier. Um Again, could we just not see the trick plays quite so much? <laughs> uh, but just getting him the ball in space usually results in good things for the Giants. Yeah, he has really impressive stop-start quickness. Uh, the closest I can remember to that is Mario Manningham. And Tony is probably twitchier than Manningham was. You know, Obviously, we have that one big game against the Dallas Cowboys, you know, 189 yards, 10 receptions on 13 targets. He hasn't come really close to that other times, but you can still see the flashes. You can still see the potential for 
a big play to happen almost anytime he gets the ball in his hands. And I would actually expand that point to go just big plays in general. You know, the Giants haven't had a whole lot of big plays. That's something we're going to get into in a little bit. But when they do hit those big plays, whether it is a, a run or a pass, a screen pass, throw down the field, whatever, they tend to be really exciting plays, spectacular plays. You know, we had the 50-yard passes to John Ross, uh, Tony making defenders miss and picking up yards in space, the 30-yard touchdown pass to Evan Ingram. You know, the potential is there. And that, I think, is something the Giants should lean into and build on going into the second half. They just need to get it done more consistently. And it's it's a bit tough to create these splash plays seemingly with the offensive line issues, but you'd at least like to see more of a uh, effort to go for those types of plays. They were available last game, and it felt like they didn't even really try to make an effort to hit some of these these explosive receivers. This Giants team has a lot of really fast guys. Dante Pettis, John Ross, and Kadarius Toney are all very, very fast. You throw in a healthy Sterling Shepard in there. The guy's fast. Same thing with Darius Slayton. There, there is speed in this group for them to hit these big plays. They're just not doing a, a consistent effort of finding those opportunities. But I absolutely love that thought that when this offense is clicking and when things are going well, they do a really, really good job of creating those really, really big 20-plus yard gains when they really need it. I would just like to see maybe more of a, a commitment to trying to do that stuff. And maybe Jason Garrett and this team will take the time during the bye week to look at the film and say, hey, this stuff's working. Let's try to do it. Um, let's try to you know, have more of a, a conscious effort to try doing that stuff. Yeah, that, that I think would be a big step in the right direction. Uh, now, whether or not Jason Garrett is the guy to get that done, yeah, he's the guy the Giants have right now, so he kind of has to be that guy. Mm. Uh, going forward, I think that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah, fair fair point. Uh, going into weaknesses, Chris, probably going to be a little bit easier to unpack some of these things because the weaknesses are certainly prevalent with this Giants offense. Uh, the inability for me to establish the run has been a head-scratcher, and I know that it is not always black and white in oh, they didn't rush this many times. They needed to have ran the ball more. Sometimes there's circumstances where they're trailing and they need to throw the ball to get things going and, and to get back into a game, which certainly has happened. But there have been some games where I've wondered why they haven't tried to run the football more. And when they were starting to pick up some steam, like against the Chiefs, they were starting to do it, but they were still not really giving Devontae Booker enough carries. We saw what a, a 20 carry day for Booker did last week, and he had a really, really strong performance. Saquon Barkley is supposed to be coming back, and when he does, I would hope to see 25, maybe even 30 overall team rushing attempts. That that stuff is, has been working over the past couple weeks, which is strange to say with a, a weak offensive line, but if you're having trouble throwing the ball and you're going for 40-plus passing attempts, at a certain point, you have to say, let's try to balance this thing out a little bit more and let's try running the ball more and see if we can produce some decent results from it. Yeah, part of it, I think, is the all the problems that ha the Giants have had on their offensive line, which I think is going to be one of the biggest points we have to sort through in this whole podcast because it, the injuries and just poor play of the offensive line. I mean, we were expecting the offensive line to be bad when they were healthy. 
Yeah, when they're <laughs> scraping the bottom of the depth chart, yeah, I'm not sure how much you can expect from anyone at that point. But the Giants go, getting away from the running game when the game is still close, yeah, that is a little confusing. Now we've seen them try to use it a bit more lately, but it, the team has faced a lot of really good defenses this year. And we have seen opposing defenders in the Giants' backfield a lot. And that does make it difficult to generate any kind of rhythm on the running game. Yeah. Maybe a completely healthy Saquon Barkley would be able to make some of these defenders miss and Mm -hmm. turn up field and consistently pick up yards. But Devontae Booker isn't really that guy. Yeah, he's a very committed runner, uh, really good lower body strength, really good contact balance. But you need to get get him something. And if he's getting hit in the backfield, yeah, it's a good run for him to get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and hopefully getting Saquon back does help with some of those uh, rushing or maybe unwillingness to commit to the run game a little bit more. And and hopefully Saquon is back in a state where he can have some some high impact rushing plays that you know Devontae Booker is not really going to create those forty yard rushes that Saquon did when he was healthy, but. The other thing, too, and this one's uh, pretty glaring, and we've led into it multiple times on this show already. The problems with the offensive line are probably the most blatant. Um, They have really struggled to protect Daniel Jones. They have had some decent uh, plays where they've they've run the ball, but things have, have been far from perfect. You could point the finger at the fact that Andrew Thomas has been unavailable and it's been Nate Solder. And uh, additionally, Matt Pert. Um, and they, they have struggled at, at both tackle spots. There has been inconsistency at who's been starting inside. And they have had a number of injuries so far in the interior. But the offensive line is certainly having problems. It's pretty obvious that they are um, having problems. And it's leading to some struggles with, uh, with play calling and, and offensive decision making. Yeah, that, that I think is probably the biggest issue with the offense right now and even going back to the beginning of training camp back in preseason week one we saw this offensive line have problems with the Jets defense and frankly a lot of the Jets backup players were causing issues for the Giants starting offensive line and yeah I'm not sure what there is to be done about it this year and it's to the point where it really is kind of dictating a lot of what the Giants do or do not do on offense. I mean, you can scheme around a subpar offensive line. I'm not quite sure what the Giants can do to scheme around an offensive line that is just bad and beat up. I mean, they, right now, ba- basically light candles and hope they can get Andrew Thomas back healthy and don't lose anyone else to injury. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't even know how much that might end up doing. And that has led to some super conservative play calling over the past couple of weeks, Chris, where they haven't, and we were talking about this in the beginning, where they, they haven't really been overly aggressive. And you actually pulled some numbers that kind of highlight some of those uh, some of those issues. Yeah, like we were talking before this, before we started recording, and I, I noted that it basically, over, especially over the last three weeks or so, uh, since the Rams game, the Giants passing offense has either been three to five yard passes or 30 to 50 yard passes. And like we noted at the top of the show, when they hit those 30, 50 yard bombs or you know, long passes with a catch and run at the end, it it is spectacular. 
but they aren't really hitting much of anything in between. And the real problem is that it's those in-between passes, those intermediate yardage passes that really should form the meat of an offense because they really get the offense moving in a positive direction. They get the defense back on its heels and it creates room for the running game and it creates room for run after catch specialists like Tony. Yeah. I went to sharp football stats and I pulled up their explosive play rate. Yeah. The giants are 25th in explosive runs and that's, 10% 10% of their running plays. And I think most of that is due to either you know, a couple big plays by Devontae Booker this past game against the Raiders or you know, runs by Daniel Jones. You know, either read option or quarterback scrambles where the whole defense has their back turned on them. Their explosive pass rate is 31st in the league. Only 7% of their passes mm. are explosive. And you know, we can really see that, especially the last couple weeks as you know their air yard is just keeps dropping and dropping and right now the ball is only going about 10 feet downfield in the air yeah that makes it super easy for defenses to play downhill at you and when you start playing good defenses with good secondaries defenses that can tackle well yeah it's just really really tough to make explosive plays happen that way and it's tough to get offensive traction and it's tough to get into the end zone and we we've really seen that we've in our film review of the raiders we talked about how the giants just settle for field goals too damn much and it's this real conservative offensive approach which you know just the final numbers that their explosive play play rate overall is eight percent the 29th in the league and that really does lead to them settling for field goals again and again and again and that's why they have you know three offensive points until the very end of the third quarter against the Panthers only scoring 17 offensive points against the Chiefs 16 offensive points against the Raiders and yes the Giants won two out of three in that stretch but that makes it really really tough to win consistently support for this show comes from Atlassian Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. 
Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, and that actually leads in to our next uh, our next talking point, which is things that can be fixed or need to be fixed after the bye week. Uh, things that you know hopefully can help resolve uh, some of these problems that we're seeing. Um, and I, I think the one thing, separate from your, you're talking about this conservative play calling and maybe more of an effort to attack a little bit more might be might be a better approach for this offense. The other thing, too, is that I, as simply as it is, is just getting healthy right now. No Andrew Thomas is really hurting them. He was the only really good player that was doing well on this offensive line that you can point at and say was um, a strong starter, except for Nick Gates before he went down with his injury. Getting Saquon Barkley back if he's able to come back. Um, getting Sterling Shepard back at some point. And then, you know, getting all these guys, Darius, or uh, not Darius Slayton, uh, Kadarius Tony fully healthy from what he's dealing with right now. Those guys on the offensive side of the football, uh, a number of players, if they're not at least available the week after the bye week, somewhere around then is really going to be important for this Giants team if they want to get back on track. Because right now, that's what's hurting them. They don't have very much depth, and the starters that they do have, they're decent, they're quality, but because they don't have good enough backups, those issues, those weaknesses of those backups playing is really, really holding them back. So anybody that can return to somewhat full strength and come out there and play and create some plays, that is probably the best thing that they can do to get back on track after the bye week. Yeah, and you know we can't really look at, look at it and say, oh, well, we'll get healthy and stay healthy. Yeah, that will be huge, guys staying healthy. That, that means paying attention to your recovery after the game, uh, doing what you need to with prehab to do what you can to prevent future injuries. You know, one of the problems with the Giants' injury issues right now is that they've got guys who have injury histories. You know, Saquon Barkley has a he's had a lot of leg injuries lately. Uh, Kenny Galladay he had he's had you know hip, hamstring, knee injuries. Uh, Sterling Shepard, we know all about his injuries and. Getting them healthy is big. Keeping them healthy, I think, will be even bigger. And getting them back to the point where they can contribute at a high level. You know, getting them back on the field, but you know, at the, at the level we saw Saquon Barkley come back at when he came back quickly from that high ankle sprain, that's not going to do much. You know, they need to be actually healthy when they're on the field. And then also, you know, get Andrew Thomas back. Hopefully, he won't have any compensation injuries or anything like that. You know. I, it's to a large extent, the giants kind of are what they are right now, but the biggest thing for them, like you say, will be getting healthy and hopefully one week off will be enough to kind of undo a lot of those little nagging injuries that have been piling up on them. And if we were taking more of like a broad, broader view, uh, you know, after the season, I think we have a pretty clear indication of what's not working and what is working for this Giants team. If we were going into the offseason, we had to make a decision on what needs to change and what needs to be done. And to be perfectly clear for everybody listening, 
I'm, we're not just going to sit here and say fire Dave Gettleman. We're not going to sit here and say fire Jason Garrett. Uh, we're talking personnel. We're talking about whoever is building this roster next year and who's leading this offense next year, what they need to do to help fix the issues. And I feel as though the, the, the one big thing for me, Chris, is an overhaul of the interior offensive line. Luckily for the Giants, they have two first-round picks. And this is a very good interior offensive line class, so they could draft ideally a center and a guard who could be really, really good, strong starters in the first round. Now, that might be um, a bit dry of a draft approach to go for two interior offensive linemen in the first round, but it's what this team might need to do. They also might need to sign somebody in free agency because the group that's out there now is, is really not getting the job done. You could possibly say let's give Matt Parrott a little bit more time before we make a, a 100% final decision on him. But the interior for me is the the big, big, big group that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I, th- I think looking at Tyler Lindebaum, if the Giants are at all in position to draft him center out of Iowa, that should be almost priority number one. Uh, nothing against Nick Gates. He turned in, he developed into a perfectly serviceable center. But Linderbaum has the potential to be a pro bowler or all pro. So that is an upgrade. Also, Nick Gates has versatility. Assuming he is able to overcome his injury and get back on the field and play at a high level, the Giants could use him at offensive tackle if necessary. They could use him to fill one of those guard spots if necessary. Also, they could look at Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. You know, another guy we spotlighted on our college show you know he's played just about i think he's played every single offensive line position but center yeah he's probably going to be a guard in the nfl but he's got a background of playing offensive tackle so again that kind of versatility and the ability to really plug in and play at a high level that should be very valuable to a team like the giants who have questions all over now this is going to be controversial I think the Giants should also look at another receiving weapon, maybe even two. You know, right now it, you know, we keep uh, we keep taking Evan Ingram off the Giants, but I I have to feel that this is his last year as a Giant, just because he's going into free agency and the Giants are cash strapped. They do not have a whole lot of salary cap room next year. Now they can create salary cap room, but. That's just going to create further problems down the field or open up other holes on their roster. So the Giants could look for a tight end, maybe on the on day two. But then also they could look use one of their first round picks on a wide receiver, maybe a guy like Chris Olave out of Ohio State, who right now he's scoring, I think, on one out of every four catches he makes. And he is probably the best route runner in college football right now. And yeah, Kenny Galladay, the Giants spend a lot of money on him. He's big, he's strong, he's great in contested catches. He's not great at separating. Uh, Darius Slayton is explosive and fast, but again, not great at separating. Sterling Shepard is probably the by, yeah, is probably the Giants' best natural separator, but he is injured all the time. And as much as I like him, I'm not sure he's going to be a Giant next year. And you know, we've seen teams like the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Rams be able to use this super high-octane passing attacks to just dictate the flow of the game. The fact where even if they get down, they're never really out of a game. 
because they can turn the momentum like that. And having the ability to go right down an opponent's depth chart and say, our first re- receiver is better than your first cornerback. Our second receiver is better than your second cornerback. Our third receiver is better than your third cornerback. Our tight end is better than your safeties or linebackers. Who are you going to cover? Who are you going to leave singled? That's where we'll attack. You know, that is really, really great for an offense to be able to have that's a that's an incredible advantage i mean we saw that with the giants in 2011 when you know they had nicks Cruz, manningham uh jake ballard travis beckham and obviously brenton jacobs and ahmad bradshaw even though the giants weren't running the ball all that well you know, they could go right down an opponent's depth chart on defense and wherever the weakness was attack it and they were never out of a game yeah, and I, I think for me the the big one that needs to be addressed is is tight end because you know, Kyle Rudolph the guy's clearly over his his um you know over the hill there's not really much you're going to get out of him Evan Ingram's not coming back there is like you perfectly illustrated it there is literally no way that they're going to have the money to spend to bring Evan Ingram back and somebody else is going to overpay for him just based off of traits. Um, that being said, I mean, like, there's some quality guys in this class, like Jalen Weiermeyer, who is uh, Texas A&M's uh, tight end, who maybe they could explore on day two, kind of thing. And just getting somebody explosive at tight end is, is always helpful. Um, I do believe, though, I do agree with you that they're probably going to need to find somebody to fill fill that role because they currently don't have anybody. Um, that's gonna be it from us, though, on today's show. Folks, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date, and we will talk to you soon.